last week, let me also relay my gratitude to the church um, for your um, works of faith and your uh, labor of love, the love that you showed um, even as we organized um, the service last week, um, how you were just hands-on. And uh, I pray that we, we may continue to be that as a church. Amen. That that will be um, our, our, our life and our culture as a church. Um, that that will continue in our midst. And God blessing us through that as we serve one another, as we encourage one another, and steer up one another to love and good deeds. Um, let me also, uh, I see a brother back there, um, Brian Nkwana. Um, he's a member of um, Antioch Bible Church. I see him with his wife as well, um, next to Matume and Kakale. Um, we thank God that you um, are with us today, and uh, may God bless you as, as we hear the word of God. We continue with our series um, on Philippians. That's good to hear, right? Uh, for a couple of weeks, we've been <laughs> kind of putting that on hold. Um, so we continue on Philippians, life in Christ. Today we are in chapter 3. And um, we're going to look at verse 1, um, 1 and 2, 3, but with a particular focus on verse 2. And uh, the title of today's sermon will be The Danger of False Teachers. The Danger of False Teachers. Let us look at God's word. I read from the ESV. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 until 3. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And this is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father and God, we come before you, O oh God. We thank you for such a grace that you display uh, to us each and every day, and more especially in giving us hearts that are able to understand your word. Even this morning, as we draw near to you, we pray that you open the eyes of our understanding. You uh, open our minds to hear your word, open our, our hearts to receive it, and, and conform our will to your will, O oh God. Pray that you bless the reading and the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. See, as, as I said, my intention is to zoom into verse 2 where we will spend most of our time. So this whole section is important because it reminds us of the importance of focusing on the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul has written to the church dealing with internal issues and external issues that the church faced. And, and he comes into another section here which he opens up with the words, finally. But these words that he opens up with uh, are not to be understood as a concluding remark, uh, but rather we should hear Paul saying to us, furthermore, as he continues to speak to the church. And this is, a, this is, this is the case because we see that the, the conclusion of the letter is in chapter 4, verse uh, 8, 
where he says finally again and and so these two finalies are not to be taken as being the same in, in the, the 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 finally in chapter 4 verse 8 is the finally of conclusion and the finally in chapter 3 verse 1 is the finally of continuing of he he could use the word furthermore as well verse 1 shows us the significance of what paul says in verse 2 he says finally my brothers rejoice in the lord to write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you. Here, Paul plays the sweet chord of this whole epistle. It is what we call the epistle of joy. He's been telling them about his joy. He's been telling them how he is joyful when he thinks about them. He's joyful when he sees the work of the Lord progressing in, 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 in Philippi. Now he calls them to rejoice. And, and we see why he, he does this as we look at verse 2, as we zoom into verse 2. He says, to write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you. The, the, that word safe for you gives us an indication of what he's about to say. He, he calls them to rejoice in the Lord. This is, this is the, 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 the Christian uh, posture, the, 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 a, a, a posture of joy in the Lord. And how does this connect with verse 2? You see, Christians are to be marked by joy in the Lord. But what false teachers do is that they, they lead you away from the Lord uh, to themselves, which results in stealing uh, a true joy of Christians. And that is why he uses a strong tone to, to warn them against false teachers here. He uses the words, look out. And, and he repeats these words three times here in verse 2, just in verse 2. Uh, look out is a term of warning. It, it can also be translated beware or, or watch out. It's a call to escape impending danger. And in this case, spiritual danger. You see, warnings are, are critical to, to the safety of the individual. There's a story that is told that in, 1960, in 1969, in, in past Christian Mississippi, a, a group of people gathered together uh, and, and were preparing to have a hurricane party in the face of a storm named Hurricane Camille. And, and you, you think about these people, you, you, you wonder if they were ignorant. Could, could they have, have been uh, overconfident people? Did they let their egos and, and pride influence their decision? We, 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 we will never know about that. But what we know here is that the wind was, was howling outside the, the, the posh Richelieu apartments uh, when, when, when uh, police chief Jerry Peralta uh, pulled up sometime in the dark facing the beach less than 76 kilometers uh, 76 meters uh, fr from the surf the, the apartments were directly in line of danger and a man with a drink in his hand came out to the second floor balcony and waved at the, the, at the chief police and Peralda yelled at him you all need to clear out and out of here as quickly as you can. The storm is getting worse. But as others joined the men on the balcony, they just laughed at, 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 the, at the police officer 
just they just laughed at him as if he was crazy and he was out of his mind and and the man who was on the balcony said to the police this is my land and if you want me out of here you are going to have to arrest me first and the police officer didn't answer anything but he wasn't able to to persuade them to to leave that place either he, he started to write down the name of their next of kin. Uh, 20-something people that were there, he started taking the names of each and every single one of them, their, their next of kin, who were, who were gathered there to party through the storm. They, they laughed at him as he took their names. They, 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 had be, they had been warned, but they had no intention of leaving after being warned. It, it is reported that at 10, 15 p.m., when the front wall of the storm came ashore, Scientists recorded the wind speed of the storm to be more than 330 kilometers per hour. The storm was that fast. It was the strongest on record. Raindrops were, were, were hitting with the force of bullets. And, and waves of the Gulf Coast were, went as high as 8.5 meters high. News reporters later showed that the worst damage came at a little settlement of motels, at, at go-go bars and, and gambling houses known as Pass Christian Mississippi, where some 20 people were killed at a hurricane party in the Richelieu apartments. Nothing was left of that three-story structure except the foundation. The only survivor was a five-year-old boy found clinging to a mattress the following day. You see, ignoring warnings from, from the police chief resulted in their destruction. Uh, this was a serious warning. It, it was a life and death warning. And, and I believe this, this morning that Paul's warning found in verse 2 is more serious. And, and ignoring it will result in the worst kind of destruction, spiritual destruction. So here Paul gives us three things to look out for in false teachers that are dangerous. Three things to look out for in false teachers that are dangerous. First, he, he, he wants us to see their character. Look at verse 2. First, he says, look out for the dogs, the, their character. Paul starts by unmasking the character of false teachers. He, he calls them dogs. And it is easy today in our time to miss Paul's point here because whenever we hear about dogs we think cute little pets that that we keep in our houses we, we, we think about a man's best friend and so Paul's point flies by without having an, any effect on us except thinking that maybe Paul is being harsh here or he's probably overreacting by, by using such words to refer to these people that he's talking about he's calling them dogs that's only the, the, the only thing that we get it's like paul is really overreacting here why is he calling them dogs you see the, the the term dogs is not referring to cute little puppies here in the first century israelites didn't keep dogs as as, as pets and and so they did not they did not keep food for them as well Dogs were animals that roamed in the wild. They, they fed themselves on roadkill, on flesh, on, on filth and garbage. They, they were examples of unclean animals. They were roaming out in the wild. 
This is what J.B. Lightfoot says. Uh, he says, dogs which prowl about eastern, eastern cities without a home and without an owner, feeding on the refuse and, and filth of the streets, quarreling among themselves and are taking the passerby. Paul uses this image to refer to these false teachers and he says, look out for the dogs. He, 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 he compares them to these dogs that were, that were filthy in the streets, that were quarreling about themselves, that were attacking the passerby. That is what false teachers are. They, they pounce on the church, disguising themselves as teachers of the word of God, but only spreading their rabies of false doctrine. Paul says about similar people in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 15. Listen to what he says. He says, such men are false apostles deceitful workmen disguising themselves as apostles of Christ and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light so it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness their end will correspond with their deeds Paul says these people disguise themselves. They, 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 they come in the church as, as, as heaven disguised themselves as teachers of the word of God. But inside there are people that are going to deceive the church that they want to mislead the church. That is what we find even today. You, you find men and women saying that they are sent by God. They are sent from God but they are plundering the people of God. Their characters give them away as false teachers rather than teachers of the truth. And Paul says about them, look out for the dogs. Look out for these men. You will see them by their character. Their character will display that they have no, uh, no good intention for the church of God. All that they want is to deceive and plunder the church of God. They want to mislead the people of God. Look out for the dogs. He, he wants these people. But it's very important that we realize that in Philippi, as Paul writes to this church, the, these people might not have already been there. But because... They, 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 they were traveling around. They were also getting to the church. So Paul is preparing the church to be ready that when they see these kinds of men, they are prepared to, to, to reject them for what they are. Not only that, he, he, he mentions their characters, but he does not only mention their character. Now he goes on to say, you must look at their conduct. So he, first of all, he warns us against their character. Now he warns us against their conduct. Look at verse 2 again. He says, look out for the, for the dogs, their characters. Again, look out for the evildoers, their conduct. Paul points secondly to their actions. This group of people prided themselves in being doers of the law. 
They, 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 they felt proud that this, they are doers of the law. They, they are walking in the law of God. But Paul looks at them and says, these people are evil doers. Our Lord Jesus Christ warned about false teachers during his earthly ministry. And, and one of the most important warnings he gave in, is in Matthew chapter uh, 7, verse 15 and 16. This is what he says. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Uh, Jesus says one of the short tests of seeing a false prophet is by, way, by the way they carry themselves by their conduct. He says you will see them by their conduct. When you, when you take a look at, at, at Matthew chapter 23, now Jesus goes into detail where, where he unmasks the, 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 the true nature of the Pharisees, the, the conduct of the Pharisees. He, he, mentioned, he, he mentions several areas that we are to look out for in false teachers. When you look at Matthew chapter 23, in verse 2 and verse 6, he says that they love the seats of honor. They, they want to be the center of attention. They, they want their attention to themselves. You, you even hear in, in their sermons, whenever they are preaching, they talk more about themselves and less about Christ. They, they, they don't have any, any, any intention of uplifting the name of Christ, of, of putting Christ as the center of attention. They put themselves as the center of attention. They, they, they want to be the ones who are, who are, who are looked at with, with, with admiration. They, they want to be the ones who are admired and who are the center of attention. In verse 3, he says they don't practice what they preach. Whatever they say, they do the opposite of it. It's, 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 it's crazy how... And, 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 and just... It, it, when you make this observation, when you hear the, the, the message of, of, of false prophets or false teachers, and they say, in Christ, you, you are not supposed to be sick when you, when you belong to Christ, and, they, and, and he wants to show you in the scriptures. What does he do? He puts on eyeglasses, and he starts to read from the scriptures. And you're like, hey, what's, what's, but, I mean, you, you, you're supposed to be completely healthy. Why do you have to put on eyeglasses to read from the scriptures? They tell you how, how they are able to stop storms and, 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 and rain. And, and you find that he's flying on a plane and a plane crashes because of the storm. And I'm not talking about, uh, I, I, I'm talking about something that was real and that was on the news. From a false teacher who said, God needs permission to do anything from, from, in the world from us. He needs permission from us. But yet you find that the way they die is a mockery on their doctrine. Realize that. Have you realized how much their death mocks their doctrine? How you find the false prophet who say, we, 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 we are not supposed to be sick, we are supposed to be perpetually healthy, then he dies of cancer. crazy. Jesus points this out to them. He says they, they don't practice what they preach. In verse 5, 
He, he says everything they do, they, de- they do in order to be seen and applauded by others. They do it for the applause. It's, it's performance for them. When they are on, on, on the pulpit, they see it as a stage and, and they see you as a, as a crowd to, to applaud and, 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 and look at them and, and, and see them for, 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 for what they are. They are actors. In verse 7, he says they love to be referred to by high titles. Right? They love to be referred to by high titles. Major one. They, 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 they want to be called prophet. They want to be called apostle. They want to be called bishop. I, I remember a brother. Uh, I used to go to church with him. And I, I met him and I said, hey, brother, uh, how are you? He said, don't call me brother. I said, what should I call you? He says, call me prophet. They love titles. They, 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 they love to be high. They love to be, uh, they, they love high titles. They want to be called a mighty man, bishop, apostle. And Jesus goes on as he, as he, as he describes these people. In, 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 chapter, in, in chapter 23 um, of Matthew and, and verse 25 to 27, he, enti- he intensifies his indictment against these people. And he looks at them. He, sta- he starts to speak to them. This is what he says to them. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and, and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the plate, but th- that the outside may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Just listen to the description that Jesus uh, 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 gives of these people. He says these people, they, they, are, they, they, they act clean on the outside, while on the inside they are just wicked and evil. That is why Paul looks at these people who pride themselves in keeping the law, and he says they are evildoers. He says, watch out for the evildoers. Look out for the evildoers. And, and you just need to go through the newspaper to hear stories about so-called pastors and, and prophets and apostles being involved in, 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 in money issues, being greedy and, 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 and plundering the church, deceiving people of their money and, and being involved in illicit relationships and, uh, with the congregants. It's crazy uh, that you would read something in the news or in, in the newspaper about a pastor who impregnated 23 women in the church. Yet the crazy thing, even though you, you hear that and you are like, uh, uh, what? Is that real? Yeah. The crazy thing is that there are people who will still defend them as the anointed one of God. The, the crazy thing is that people will still follow them as the one who are sent by God. Paul says, look out for the evildoers. Watch out 
for these people. He points to their character first, and he says they are dogs. He points to their conduct. He says they are evildoers. Thirdly, he points to their message. Their message, verse 2 again. He says, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Paul's focus now tends to deal with their message. He, he calls them those who mutilate the flesh. And here we, we, we come to a clear understanding of the identity of these people that Paul is referring to. You, 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 you wonder, who is Paul calling dogs? Who is calling, Paul calling uh, 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 evildoers? And, and here we see clearly what Paul is saying. These people were Judaizers. Paul is using the, the words, those who mutilate the flesh to, to mock their belief in circumcision. He, he calls it mutilation. He says it's nothing but mutilation. It does nothing to the heart. It, it does not transform the man. It, it, it is just an outside action on the flesh. It is just mutilation. These people preached that in order to, for, for, for Gentiles to be fully saved, they, they, they must also be circumcised. They, they, they took the, the gospel message that said salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone and added their own message to it. They, they added to the gospel. They were adding law, the, the, the works of the law, to the message of the gospel. And the danger of adding to the gospel message, it is the same danger as, as taking medication that is perfectly working fine to heal diseases and viruses and adding your own ingredients to it. What happens is that, that medication that was curative in its, in its, in its um, effect, it starts to become poisonous when you add to it. The story is told of, of uh, F.D. Roosevelt, who, who was sick um, with strep throat. And he was given a new drug um, called uh, sulfonylamide sulfana, uh, powder. His recovery was an amazing recovery when he recovered. And, and due to the publicity of, of, of his recovery, there was an immediate demand for the drug. A pharmaceutical company decided they could easily meet the demand by making a solution of sulfalamide uh, powder. They, they just added one element to it, the, the element that was previously not added, in order for it to be, to be, uh, to be widespread, to, 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 to be given to a lot of people. And as a result, 61 people died before they could stop the product from being sold. A, 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 a powder that was perfectly fine. Only one ingredient turned it into a poisonous element. It, it, it became deadly for people that took it. It is the same with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it is the same thing. By, by taking or adding just a little thing from in the gospel, it becomes deadly poison and, and, and it loses its ability to save. To add anything to the gospel is to lose the gospel. 
We, we cannot tweak the gospel. We, we, we cannot change the gospel. If, if we try to, to enhance the gospel in any way whatsoever, we have lost the gospel. There's no way we can add to the gospel. God gave us the gospel as, as perfectly fine as it is. The gospel is not oros, right? You don't need to dilute it. You don't need to dilute the gospel in order for it to be palatable to people. We need to leave the gospel as it is, preach it as it is. Any message that is preached and is not in line with the scriptures is a false teaching. It's false. It does not matter how inspiring it is. Right? It doesn't matter how inspired we are after hearing such a message, but that message will lead you to hell. If it, it is outside the scriptures. The, the Bible is the measure of true preaching. And anything outside the Bible is not of God. And that is why we need to spend more time in the Bible. That, that is why we need to commit ourselves as Christians to spending time in the Bible. I was challenged by by Doug Van Meter last, last week, Sunday, <coughs> when he said that he read the Bible in 21 days, the, the whole Bible in 21 days, I was like, what? I'm going to start doing that as, uh, too. I was, it, it, it really challenged me. And, 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 and for a church to be, to be strong, for a believer to be strong and to be safe from false teaching, you'll have to spend time in the scriptures. That is what J.C. Riley says. This is what he says. He says, what is the best safeguard against false doctrine? He says, the Bible regularly read, regularly prayed over, and regularly studied. We, we, we need to make a habit of studying the scriptures or spending time in the scriptures. We need to make it a habit of our lives. That when you are asked, where are you reading? That you must go straight to say, I'm reading through Ephesians. I'm reading through Philippians. It must be the habit of your life to read through the scriptures. It is the best, best safeguard against false doctrine. <clears throat> now in considering verse 2, it is easy to look at Paul here and, and think that isn't Paul overreacting isn't he react, overreacting here why would Paul respond to this in this way to, to these people how can he, he talk to them in such harshness we would think that Paul you are overreacting you, you, it's, it's, what you are doing is unnecessary I mean use the right language don't, don't call these people dogs Think about it. These people were undermining the gospel. They were undermining the gospel. They were saying the finished work of Christ on the cross is not really finished. They were saying Christ does not save fully. In order to be saved, you need to accept Christ and then you need to do something as well. You need to add something to your, to, 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 to your faith in Christ. They were saying salvation is not really by grace through faith in Christ alone. They were saying it is by grace through faith in Christ and good works. 
So Paul reacts in this way, not because he's being, sh- he's being harsh. It is because the gospel is at stake. It is the, because if we add anything to the gospel, we will lose the gospel completely. And so Paul is here standing and, and, and defending the gospel. He's defending the, the, the fact that Christ came and he died for sinners on the cross. He's defending the fact that Christ died and was buried and, and he rose again on the third day. He's defending that, that that act of Christ on the cross is enough to save a sinner from sin. It's enough to draw many to God and, and change their state of life and, and make them children of God. He is defending that very fact. And not only does he do it here, but he also does, does it in, in, in Galatians. In, in, in Galatians chapter 1, Paul looks at the church in Galatia that received the gospel, that, 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 that heard the word of Christ, and, and they received it, and they started to desert it. Listen to what he says to them in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another, but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, So now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul repeats that very same word again. So why is Paul calling them dogs, evildoers, and mutilators of the flesh? He's calling them that. He's showing them and unmasking them and saying, these people are enemies of the cross. To follow these enemies of the cross is to be an enemy of the cross as well. It doesn't matter what kind of message it is. It might be an over-the-top message of, 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 of T.B. Joshua or of, 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 of Shepherd Bushiri. Or it might, it might be a John Austin kind of message. If it is against the gospel, if it is against the word of God, it, it, you, you are being an enemy of the cross. Paul stands here as a defender of the gospel. He does not choose politically correct words but he chooses words that shows how important the gospel is, how it is a matter of life and death, that if we are to lose the gospel, we lose everything that is to do with Christianity. We lose the gospel, we are left with nothing. Therefore, Paul says, look out, watch out, beware. And if you are not, you're going to fall in danger. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, 
as we consider your word and the warnings that it gives us, and showing us the importance of the gospel. We pray that our hearts, Lord, will hold fast to the gospel. Our hearts will hold fast to your word so that when we are standing on it, a solid ground, we may be able to reject every wind of doctrine that passes our way. Pray that you help us as a church to honor and love you. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen.